Hello and welcome to Ledger Cast. My name is Brian Krosgaard here with Josh Olsewich. Hey, Josh. Hey, Brian. Is this the uh, 33K Watch Party? 33K Watch Party would be a better title than Crypto is Cute Again, which is what I put on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> we started at 3.33 Eastern, technically. So That's a good know, point. The stars are aligning here. Yeah, they were. I've ruined it. Um, but that here we are. You know, we went from like basically peak doom, what, a week and a half ago, Um, maybe even a week ago to near euphoria with one candle. Granted, it's been a good candle, Josh. Uh, I don't blame anyone for being excited. Um, Bitcoin is at the time of recording a little over 30K, $30,698.39, making new yearly highs. Um, breaching the level that it hit in April. Um, looks like it could uh, go on a little run here. How you feeling? Yeah, no, it was peak doom. It was like as an industry wide, you know, crypto can die, whatever. Um, as a as a Bitcoin maxi, like realistically, I don't think we don't want crypto to die as much as everybody says we do. We want, we want, you know, it's like there needs to be some trash in order to compare yourself to something to look better <laughs> to some degree, right? Like we don't yeah. want outright scams. We don't want people just blatantly tossing money into garbage, right? But um, anyway, so yeah, all that was dead. It was literally with the last person in the United States, please turn out the lights situation. And um, then out of literally nowhere, BlackRock swooped in and said, we're going to launch this thing. And they'll probably get probably get uh, approved, right? I mean, they have had one no vote of all the ETFs they've launched. I don't remember what the yes vote number is, but it's high. It's like, it's like 200 five. to 1 or five, 300 to 1 or something. Yeah, it's like 575. Oh, wow. To 1. I don't know what the 1 is that got rejected. I'm curious. Um, but yeah. Well, they're not going to just... BlackRock isn't the type of institution to ask for an application like they they have all their ducks in a row right you know they have influence they have power they have connections to the politicians blah 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 right the list goes on eventually this thing's going to get approved um, yeah and it seems it seems unlikely that they would do an application without having a pretty darn good idea that it's going to get approved so anyway that got everybody everybody got their got their jimmy's russell well this is the one thing that could like actually save us you know it's pretty cons- it, it, like I don't the know what conspiracy, else. The conspiracy theorists get a bonus point on this one, though. Like, you sue Binance, you sue Coinbase, you uh, go after all kinds of people. You say no to all the ETFs, and then BlackRock's like, "Oh, now that everyone's dead, I guess we'll pick up the pieces and do our application." Yeah, but they they've been working on this for a while. I'm just saying, There's it's no- a bonus point. It's a bonus point for the conspiracy theorists. I, I both agree with you. I'm 100% on board with that narrative. Also, they've been working on this for a while, you know. So <laughs> I'm I'm sure they have. I'm just I'm just saying it's uh I don't I don't like the I don't like the look of it. I like the look of the chart that results from it. I will take it. It'll be that'll be fine. Um but yeah. So I don't like question... I, here's the thing. Like people have been here for a decade trying to get this in, right? 
Winklevi, Barry, uh, everybody else and their mother. And that's the part that doesn't sit well with me, right? It's all these people who legitimately are here for seemingly the right reasons trying to get this thing through and just can't. And now here comes, no. right, here comes a wall of money saying, well, it's our turn. Sorry. See and you then later. they get to just do it and then probably gain market dominance because they'll inevitably there'll be some like three or four month delay before the other ones. And then it'll get like that ticker. will get all the press and it'll, it'll win. BlackRock will win. And then the others will slowly get approved, but not get volume. <laughs> it's, it's so lame. It's so lame. Well, there was like what, six applications, I think ish or more realistically, like just, just approve them all at once. Like I don't, I don't yeah. get this whole like game of like, Oh, they were a day before me. So like, what is that? Like, who decided that's how the, these things are going to be? Um, and the reason people are asking in the chat or talking about like the impact of an ETF, I mean, it's all about accessibility. You don't have to deal with custody. It is not Bitcoin, crypto, how like people in a stream, you know, if you're watching the stream, ETFs most likely not necessarily directed at you, right? Therefore institutional, therefore people with money and brokerages, therefore banks, right? Therefore whoever else who doesn't want to deal with moving money around, right? They just want to have something that they can access, that they can trust, that they don't have to worry about. And something with BlackRock on its name is huge, or iShares, whatever, you know, BlackRock yeah. subsidiary. Um, so that that's better than anything Gary's going to say. That's better than any law that's trying to get passed, right? Because that's just like the rubber stamp seal of approval. This thing is the real deal. It's not going anywhere. And the other th side, like from a regulatory standpoint, it's a huge, huge like green flag for people like, okay, this is it, right? Like it's not it's not gonna get better than a BlackRock ETF, right? Here's the here's here's the, the real benefit here. CoinMav says, look, I just want to shove my 401k in. And he's right. Like yep. that's that, that's what we all want to do with these products is you know, a lot of 401ks, or if, even if you take your 401k and roll it over to an IRA, you can go self directed in a brokerage and you can put it in ETFs at a minimum, but typically like even single stock tickers of securities, it makes sense to put it out there. It makes sense. It, no one, no one has ever given a coherent argument for why you can't do a spot ETF. So it's time, it's past time. Um, is it going to be a sell the news event, Josh? Could be. I think initially it certainly might be. I mean, look at how we're, we're like rocket shipping, you know? Yeah. So but it's kind longer, of like longer term, it should be like a stable flow provider, though. Like some people right. are just. Well, gonna... I mean, you can convert it to gold. You don't really have to like, yeah. you know, guess. We can look at the gold ETF. I think it was like three hundred percent. Bitcoin isn't gold. Blah blah blah. I get it. Yada yada. But uh, you know, when you are literally inverse to legacy, which we have been for, I don't know, a couple weeks. That certainly helps a narrative of some kind, you know, it, it helps when that narrative is extended over multiple months and years, which we are on and off as far as correlations go. Uh, but in general, you know, this is the kind of thing that you're looking for to diversify a portfolio yeah. in my, in my opinion. All right. So my question for you now is, um, at what point am I allowed to talk about ETH ETFs as a follow on to Bitcoin ETFs? I mean, we could talk about it until they solve the staking. Like, I think there's a really interesting case to be made for like a stakeable spot ETF. I just don't know what that would, I don't know like the plumbing well enough behind the scenes 
what that would actually look like. Uh, because then you're talking about some sort of like dividend type structure. I, I don't I don't even know the words to describe it properly, but um, it's potentially possible, right? You know, the biggest crime, talk about GBTC, talk about whatever you want, but ETH, the fact that ETHI does not stake, mm. you are just losing on top of losing on top of losing. And that thing was at like a 60% discount. All those discounts have shrunk considerably. GBTC is like to 30, 33, 35, something like that on the discount side of things. If you are institutional, you're probably looking at those discounts and thinking, okay, if I want to actually get in before BlackRock, this is where I go. You're not going to go to Coinbase. You're not going to go to Kraken probably, right? If you're an institutional player, you already have access to these vehicles. Like that's why I think they saw the uh, momentum that they've seen. Well, I own some ETH, so I'm a full believer in narrowing the discount window there. Might as well just go up there and hit 15. A little fifty percent increase <laughs> to basically just get back to par. Uh, well, all these all these measure you know GBTC measures to like twenty two twenty four based on the falling wedge. Um, but ultimately, I think it just just look at the discounts. If the discounts are above thirty, if they're above fifteen, like they're going to go to zero eventually. Yeah, uh, that's that's the the sentiment anyway. Whether or not that actually happens. On top of all this, there's the question of did BlackRock apply before the sec was able to lose their case against gbtc which looks like potentially that's what's going to happen now that doesn't just automatically convert the etf uh convert gbtc to an etf but that may be partially why they wanted to get in line at the very least more bonus points for conspiracy theorists <laughs> yeah i mean it looks like it looks like gbtc is going to win there's no guarantee they convert they're still raking in fees. Like the whole thing is just criminal beyond belief. But uh... so we're having fun with correlations on top of all this. Dixie up this week, SP down this week, SP down for the first time in a while. Um, five weeks in a row prior to that of green candles and a run. I mean, there weren't really significant down weeks, a run going back to March 2023. Um, probably just some consolidation for the stock market, but. Uh, I mean, that thing was, that thing was parabolic, you know, in a, in a, but, stock, in a stock sense. Yeah. It broke out and spent two weeks going up only. I haven't, I haven't shared this publicly, but I took an NVIDIA trade from 235 and just sold it at 431. <laughs> nice. Uh, mainly because I forgot about it. Like that's the best, like, you know, you'll see these like studies on like who makes the most money. It's people who like, don't look at their accounts often people who forget their password, right? Like, <laughs> because I might've sold at, you know, any point up until um, 400, right? You know, that, that day when it breached 375 and that huge candle, that's probably like the day I would have let go realistically, but yeah. Anyway, so I talk have, about an insane trade that was. I need to find, I need You're to find the day. Yeah, because remember when I was testing Robinhood for my Flip co-founder, Sam, um, I bought NVIDIA, I don't know, with a couple thousand dollars, but it was, it had to be close to the bottom. <laughs> like, but I sold it way too soon and rotated it in other things. And they still did well. But to your point, I should have just held on to NVIDIA and done nothing. Well, I don't like, on the, on the legacy side, I don't like that. It looks like 
it's you know losing momentum it's losing steam you've got bear divs on everything you've got you know if, the, if you're a fundamental person on the, the nvidia side or whatever all that stuff just realistically you know can this go to 800 sure but <laughs> uh based on you know pe ratios or whatever you want to look at it, the thing, this thing's just blown out completely i legitimately have no idea how to find historical values and trades on robin hood I don't think I've ever traded. Well, Robin has an interesting one to watch too, though, because a lot of retail has access, obviously, to, to crypto through Robinhood. We were talking about volume. I forget who we were talking about that in the pre-show or not, but or just now. I don't know. I've talked a lot about this lately, but you know, people aren't going to go to Coinbase. They're going to go through uh, CME or like like real deal institutional money. So people are talking about like Coinbase, Bitcoin volumes, right? Declining. It's like, yeah, where is Joe Institution going to buy Bitcoin? They're going to buy it through GBTC. They're going to buy it through the CME. There was just another ETF approved today for, for leveraged 2X ETFs. It was January 17th, by the way. Literally the little head and shoulders break out there. Yeah. Free trade? Yeah. Well, then I sold it. <laughs> way, before, way before the 150 percent increase that it's had that's the uh the lesson the opposite inverse lesson i know that i'm just trying to prove your point i think i oh, probably yeah. it at 200 you know <laughs> i made 20 or 30 percent look at me i'm a genius if i would have known it was there i would have sold it much sooner too so uh i'm right there with you mm -hmm. yeah NVIDIA, that looks, I bet that's bear div. Eh, maybe, kind of. Weekly weekly bear div, a little bit. Definitely daily. Look, um, I'll take the 2X and a 2X plus. It can, like I said, it can keep going. But I, I, think just, it, I, I, I think if you're holding that, that's got to be what you're thinking at this point, right? Like anyone who's who's been in that for a while has got to be like really pleased with themselves. And Of course, but like at some point, just like with Bitcoin, like anything, like you get this waterfall... And everybody's got their price, right? Uh, so I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. It looks insane. Clearly a bubble, a bubble of all uh, bubbles. Shout out to the Bitcoin 200 week. Just saying. Right there. Boom. Like a springboard. Like it was planned. Um, historically, historically, a recovery of of such a moving average a retest and a bounce like that that should be a very bullish move and from a historical perspective across pretty much any asset class but definitely with bitcoin in the past here and here um spent a lot of time below the 200 week in this cycle but that that to me is the type of thing that you like to see for sure if you're a trend following trader um we did the things we needed it to do. We made the inverted head and shoulders. We broke out of it. We made a falling wedge. We survived at the neckline of the inverted head and shoulders. We survived the 200-day moving average. It all is lining up, right? Yeah. And more importantly to me as a TA guy, like there was a head and shoulders and lower time frames um, before the Coinbase news, before the Binance news, right? So. There was already like TA setting us up for a breakdown. And before this BlackRock thing, it was already TA pointing to, you know, potential reversals. So 
that's what I want to see. I want to see like the TA aligning with the catalyst for these moves. And that's what makes sense. So it looks good. Uh, you know, you know, it's having a bad time is the ETH BTC ratio. Just unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I was arguing with Johnny Mo. Johnny Mo trades on, on Twitter. Great trader. Great analysis. Good friend um, of both of ours. Good friend. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. But he's like fixated on this ETH chart, which I'm not going to disagree with. It looks phenomenally amazing. Okay. But the problem is until it's above 2000, it's just uh, second fiddle. Sorry. Yeah, but there probably is going to be this catch-up trade. It just depends. Is it going to go to 0.05 or something first? Like how drastic can the uh, discount get before it has a recovery? Because if Bitcoin goes up more, ETH will definitely move as well. But it might, might pause for throughout a lot of the Bitcoin moves. So can you kind of pull a double win in Bitcoin and follow it with ETH? Honestly, most traders should want that. Most traders should like to see the rotation rather than the everything floats together because you get to win more than once. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. I, and we talked about that. I mean, we've talked about this for years repeatedly that uh, that's the best case, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I'm, in, I, I, I obviously still like ETH, but my yeah. altcoin exposure beyond ETH is very, very limited. Well, look, if you're a profit maximalist, which the good listeners of this show probably are, <laughs> then, then that's exactly what you want. We've you want them well. You want your your two x rotating into ETH and you know doubling down, getting another two x out of that, right? And the thing with ETH too, those all those chart patterns you're measuring on the spot, uh, ETH USD, um, point two of you know four K, whatever it is, right? Like there's there's a move to be made there eventually. It's just I think people are a little too psyched about it, right? As a breakout trade, I think you just have to wait on it because look at the ETHBTC ratio. I mean, it's just... Plus, there's the hidden. There's a hidden regulatory risk there that a lot of people just say, oh, that's not going to happen, right? Like, if Gary decides to go after ETH, then we're, they're in, we're in for some fun on the ETHBTC pair. But Yeah, I, I do think that this could go hit 0.05 at 200 week moving average on ETH BTC finally break down from this range. I could see it. I I'm going to maintain ETH exposure during it, but I think it would be responsible to have some Bitcoin, even if you're an ETH maxi. Um, I don't really, I mean, I'm getting itchy to trade other things, but I don't have like some burning desire to do it yet. I think well, that it, the funny thing for me, just, you know, I'm just going to pat myself on the back here. But so Kraken drops staking, right? Because they have to because of the SEC suit. So my ETH is liquid. Uh, I sold it a couple of weeks ago and it was at 1800. And then I rebought BTC at around 25, 26 before this breakout. So it's, you know, again, like that's the kind of trade you just want to keep rolling those, um, those moves between ETH and BTC if you're able to continually make those kind of profits right i mean it's like a duh situation but how do you feel about this cloud situation josh cloud looks phenomenal i mean you don't you're not worried about the bottom of the cloud there no because like we could get denied here uh at our birth rate at 33k we could get <laughs> we get denied and like rotate down the cloud uh but i think as long as we hold that 25k level we're totally fine 
And if anything, it makes the the edge to edge trade even better because then you're going from 25 to 42 as opposed to 33 to 42, whatever, right? Yeah, walking through this cloud would be nice. That's for sure. It'd be basically and, a full year trade, also based on what I just did there. Yeah, and additionally, like we're setting up for a bullish weekly Kumo breakout before having, or just you know, approximately around having, which is exactly what you want to see. So we are, you know, if you if you're bullish now. Just you wait, okay? Because on technicals, we aren't even we aren't even above the weekly yet. I, I tweeted that out the other day. I said they don't even know we're above. We're not above the weekly cloud yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Bitcoin were to trend, the start, the true start of a bull market would probably be based on this inter interpretation. Would really be above forty k, forty forty four, like break out from forty two, forty four, or whatever the likelihood of 60k previous highs being long-term resistance is minimal at that point in my mind and you would likely find opportunity for a new trend but people thinking okay well that's going to happen in two months is i find no. that unlikely i just think no. it, well I you, think you gotta time, work right? your way yeah this is why you know you do your homework before we get to 42 make you know, make your plan make your trading uh route and figure it out right mm -hmm. but i don't know what else you'd want pre-having than the largest aum shop in the world saying yeah here's here's an etf for you guys right and i'd imagine that the having played a big role in you know what they're what they're doing and in they're blackrock gonna, blackrock and they're going to use that right in their marketing as they should as should everybody so, you know, people saying that the having's priced in. Okay. <laughs> every having is priced in, guys. I was about to say, I, I, we hear that every single time. Um, but Bitcoin looks great on the daily. It looks great on the weekly. Uh, you know, we, we might div out here. We might reverse down to what? Like below 30? I don't know. Like, I'm not worried about it at all. Looks completely fine to me. And, and to see things like GBTC get bought up, like to me, that says there's actually like real money behind this idea that um, the BlackRock ETF will have some sort of impact. So I don't know. Maybe that's just hopium. But is there anything you like from an altcoin perspective? Anything that you've been looking at? BCH is up like 30% today, I saw. The problem with something like BCH isn't like the fundamental, it's like where you can even trade that. Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe uh, it's on. Maybe it's on Kraken or someplace. I don't. I don't actually know. I just don't look at it enough to even know. Pepe Coin up like 80% off the bottom, sixty percent from the breakout. That worries me a little bit. But congrats to whoever is able to escape their pack. <laughs> I don't. I can't imagine too many of those people are like new Pepe holders. Uh, but nevertheless for vibes in the chat asking about BlackRock. Um, you know, so if you're following along with the CTF thing, there's two people, Eric Balchunas at uh, Bloomberg and Jeff Seifert at Bloomberg. Eric has basically said like, this was a massive surprise. He puts the odds at around 30 to 50% getting approved um, because it's been a decade of people trying. Like it's hard to just assume like, yes, BlackRock's the biggest player in the game like they're just automatically going to get approved i think they will 
because they wouldn't like risk their their reputation on this, you know, <laughs> like if they weren't like the real deal. So um, I think there's a there's a hundred percent chance it, it'll get approved probably before having, I'd imagine, which having is like 10 months. Let's say it gets delayed. Let's say, you know, SEC just slow walks it for a while, which they can. But another part of this is just, I've been hearing a lot of people say in different ways that Gary Gensler uh, is really pissing people off. <laughs> so he doesn't have a lot of friends left, it seems like, in uh, in the Beltway, as it were. So that may play a part in this as well. Yeah. I wonder why, like what specifically is pissing people off. Well, you know, if he's trying to go for legacy or if he's trying to go for like the treasury position and he just like went too far, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you've got people saying like this was inevitable. I think I'm more in that camp. Like eventually they were going to go after all this stuff, which by the way, guys, if you're listening, gals, get your stuff off Binance and Binance US. You know, they're probably fine. But many other exchanges were probably fine before they, they blew up. I don't think Binance is at risk of blowing up, but it, it might be at risk of being frozen. There's just zero reason. Yeah, you've, I don't think there's a You have all the time in the world. Don't use it as a bank. You know, trade there, whatever. But please, for the love of God. Binance US in particular, in my personal opinion. I would not want to hold coins there. No, and if you look, if you look over the past week, Look at their their Bitcoin prices. Look at their stablecoin prices. There's no market makers there. It's le- it's lagging the market. Like it's just it's not not good news. Uh, yeah. So I would take take action on those exchanges if you've got coins there for sure. Uh, Josh, let's perhaps finish with some uh, price predictions. Thirty three k by July. <laughs> People want it to happen, and I want it to happen. I just don't want to jinx it. So (laughs) (laughs) it's funny that it lined up. It again, coincidence, right? Um, Back in the day, day when the initial trade was a possibility in like 2018, it was based off of a pitchfork. That's why I gave it like a time component. Seasonality wise, is Q3 typically a good, good quarter? No, it's not. However, We've kind of flipped since, feels like since institutions got here, Q1's been the good quarter. And so maybe Q3 is going to be the good quarter. I, I don't know. It, things are definitely different though. This isn't just like Asia money trading OKEx futures anymore. You know, this is US money as well trading uh, CME futures. CME premium is another thing to watch for uh, forwardation, backwardation, however you want to think about that. I keep being asked about Unibot. <laughs> Just looked at it. That's, I don't know what this is. That's the funniest thing to me. Like this Bitcoin's up like what thirty percent in a week, and people are like, "What about my shitcoin?" Like guys, <laughs> like I wish you luck, but you know, uh, I don't know what to say. Like it's not that hard. Yeah, I gotta look up what Unibot is. I just uh, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. You can't control. The degenerates, Josh. That's right. I can't. I can't control the Pepe, Pepe people. Unibot. Does it have a description? Does it need a description? <laughs> Let's be honest here. Should we go to the website? You're acting like this stuff matters. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. The fastest telegram Uniswap sniper. Is this a joke? So Unibot is just a telegram uni deck swapper thingy? I feel myself slowly getting stupider. <laughs> <laughs> and the, F the fully diluted valuation is $40 million for a telegram Uniswap sniper, which clearly needs a token. Yeah. If you want to ruin a project, add a token. There you go. You're welcome. That's some free alpha for you. Uh, ETH, like I said, upside targets measure to like, what, 2,000? Or sorry, 4,000. Uh, I would just wait on that until it's at least above 2,000, personally. And that could take another like couple of weeks, you know? I don't know. Like, that could take some time. Yeah. So I, I personally am not going to jump the gun on that. Maybe until like mid July to really we see have, how these things sort out. We've run into this many times. You just mentioned that Johnny was talking about it, but like ETHUSD in a vacuum looks great. ETHBTC doesn't look so great. Is it forming a bottom on ETHBTC and about to break out, play a catch up week, perhaps? Um, yeah. Well, if your focus is like, I want to focus on ETH, I like ETH, I like the community, I like the stuff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to trade it. That's fine. I get it. I understand. And you're probably going to trade it better than somebody who's trading multiple things because you understand uh, what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, you know, look around a little bit, people. Don't, you know, don't get stuck on freaking Unibot trash. I mean, just come on. Like, <laughs> depends on what your goals are, I guess. I guess so. A lot of people are trying to go, you know, capture a hundred X or something. A lot of people have a hundred bucks. They're trying to yellow along some yeah. absolute scam on. I get it. I understand. Um, I just, I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. Whoever's buying Unibot right now is definitely buying somebody else's much bigger bags. And maybe there's a greater fool down the road, but just keep in mind you're you are a fool you may not be the greatest fool that ends up holding the bag but you are a fool you're someone else's fool on something like that for 40 million dollars for a telegram bot give me a break um the yeah i was gonna say before we go can you just bring up the russell weekly someone was asking about that oh, yeah yeah sure that's gonna uh, get people excited you're the uh like as i've said before as i basically say everywhere I don't do this for, for the people. We do this for us, okay? They're just lucky they get to listen. I think this chart looks very bad. Very bad when compared to the move that the S&P had. Like, it had a little, a little move off the bottom, but couldn't make any relative new highs. So it's just still consolidating. Very representative of what I would say the economy is probably feeling overall. Just a bunch of choppy sideways and can you, you see the can you explain what that is for people who have no clue what, what the russell 2000 is oh it's uh 2000 ish companies uh <laughs> it's like mid caps basically okay uh so the nasdaq 100 qqq is the top 100 companies of the nasdaq many people trade qqq the s p 500 is 500 companies that all have to be profitable companies they tend to be the biggest companies in the world and then the Dow Jones Industrial Average is like 26 of the biggest companies that tend to be pretty boomerish companies. So as far as your indexes go, that's how you can think about it. 
So your Russell 2000 tends to be one of the uh, more mid-cap types. So um, anyway, the and, and that longer tail of companies has not thus far participated. So Tom Lee's been talking a lot about breadth in the market and whether mm-hmm. or not we'll see. He's got me blocked, by the way. I have no idea what he's oh, saying. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're so offensive. That's a true story, by the way. That's a true yeah, story. I believe you. Um, so he's talking about breadth increasing. So if breadth increases, you should start to see the result on a chart like this. Thus far, we don't see that. So, um, yeah. And I think that may, that that makes sense. Some of the biggest companies in the world, established players, are managing to survive right now. And I think it's difficult out there for some of the smaller companies. So, well, I was thinking about this today. Like, where do you rotate? If you're like a legacy player, where do you rotate money into? Like, let's say you're you're in legacy. You think it's the top. You think everything's overheated. Like, do you just go collect your five percent on? market you know in cash basically like yeah just wait uh, another good point brought up by timmer in the chat is that uh the index does also include a lot of regional banks so that's definitely weighing on an index like this so just something to keep in well, mind zab I, says it's basically 2000 value trap companies which i think is also <laughs> a funny point i saw yelling was it there yesterday saying something about she she expects more mergers in regional banks so that's not great for them, for sure. Um, Amin says, why am I complaining about BlackRock, but then gets excited to fund them with my retirement accounts? And the answer is because I wish that the ETFs that get approved first were established players, to Josh's point, the other people that have worked hard and laid the groundwork. But I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is, you know, is the stuffy suit going to trust Gemini or are they going to trust BlackRock, right? Like, yeah, that's just the truth. That's just the truth. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't really have anything else. I, you know, if I have to bet, I would say that we have another green week next week and that we have follow through of this move. If we consolidate a little bit and, you know, retrace back to 28, 29, I'd like to see a wick get made off of that and then follow through in the the coming week after that. I don't think if this is a good breakout that we should spend too much time testing the retest of the, te- you know, like we should just go for it, honestly. Um, and we should be significantly higher a month from now than we are today. Like uh, on BTC, I would definitely watch for like a three drives situation. Yeah. This is the third a drive. Ten, a 10 to 20% move here would make sense. I'd watch for bear divs. I'd watch for rising wedge. I'd watch for head and shoulders like this, even on a four hour, I think would be enough. Um, the previous two consolidations took like what? you know, several, several weeks. I don't think this last consolidation is going to be that long. I'd also watch for a fake out breakout on ETH above 2K. I, I really think it's going to fake people out. Um, I don't think this breakout is going to be the one. I think the next one is going to be the one. <laughs> kind of like kind of like uh, Bitcoin in 2019, right? Like yeah. it, looked, it looked kind of just like ETH does now where it looked like it's a slam dunk eventually. It just took its sweet, sweet old time doing it, you know? Yep. Um, Fair enough. And then other, just two other two other quick things. Watch for the inverse correlations or the non-correlations, uh, like recoupling. I think that'd be a sign that things are kind of done in the meantime. Mm. And then I'd also watch those uh, discounted crypto products as far as where those discounts go. You know, if those discounts keep shrinking, that's a good sign. Yeah. If they start widening back widen, up. or if they kind of just just 
you know, people start ignoring that sort of thing, then we maybe towards the end of the, the rally we're on now. I like that. That's good. Alpha. Let's leave it there. I don't have anything to add. Thanks That's, everybody for being good. here. You can uh, like and subscribe and all that good stuff to your heart's content. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Monuments crumble in the blink of an eye. The easy river has just run dry. In a house of cards, I feel the breeze wound so tight, I can barely breathe. Oh, the chains, oh, the chains.